What is going on, ladies, gentlemen, NBs? I am your host, the Duke of Derbs, also known as the Ghost of a Golden Shadow, the Digital Phantom, and we're back with another episode of the Eat, Sleep, Believe, Repeat podcast. Yes, that's right. We're back. Give me what I want. All right. Um, Hello there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scream everybody immediately, <laughs> but here we are. This is how you do it. Fucking all in week. We're going all out. We're going balls to the wall. We're kicking into full gear. We're kicking off the revolution. Anyway. Um, the revolution is televised. It is, indeed. Oh, God. What a great what a great gimmick. How did he not win that match, by the way, with that gimmick? Anyway. Um, but uh, well, has he been face the revolution yet? He should be. Um, nah, nah. You don't want to be face the revolution. It's nah, that's true, actually. Company. We've seen what happened to Wardlow. He's bad company. <laughs> we saw what happened to... Wardlow, um, but I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, at least you know, hey, you could be worse, you could be like Zach Clayton or something, you know. Yo, fancy booking right one. now, let's get Zach Clayton on the Blackpool Combat Club at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, honestly. You know, he should have been a part of, he should have been a part of the JS, let's be real, you know. God, he's fuck, yeah. He would have been perfect. Get get some. You know what? Uh, is there anybody else that was on reality TV besides him? There's a couple of people, right? Like that have done like that sort like of Luchasaurus, vibe. Luchasaurus, bro. Luchasaurus, yeah. dude. Him and Luchasaurus as a tag team, bro. Have you ever went to a Luchasaurus <laughs> back babyface? There you go. I'm gonna start talking about medieval history while that dude's bored. Come on, it's, this story writes itself. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, we have a we have a lot of shit to talk about. So I'm um, I'm honestly, Charlie, just like kind of keep me on track here because I'm sure I'm gonna forget something because there's like a million things to, to hit at the top here, but. Um, I'll, I'll hit the normal stuff first and then I'll get into the, the, the other stuff because this week's going to be a little bit weird, but, uh, just bear with us guys. Cause we'll figure it out. But, um, hold on, let me just mute for one second so I can cough. Yeah. I mean, it, it's our first pay-per-view with collision. So it's, it's going to fuck things up a little bit. Yeah. I'll explain a little bit more in a sec. Um, but before we get into all that, uh, this might be the first time you're listening to this, uh, this podcast. If this is, you know, we've been actually seeing um, some new people come in on Spotify and stuff recently. So if this is the first time you guys are lo- lo- first time you guys are listening to this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. At O Charlie with an X instead of an A for Charlie on Twitter. Oh, I didn't even fucking introduce you. This is Charlie, everybody. How's it going, buddy? Hello. Um, Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. Anyway, um, but uh God, you and deserve so much better than that show. But anyway, um, and every time I hear that fucking thing now, I just think of this fucking stupid Kenobi show. Anyway, um, but uh and nah, it's okay. We have Ahsoka literally today, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Star Wars will be saved. The universe will be set right. And everything will be great. Um, but you can also follow the podcast feed at Eat Sleep Elite. You can follow us on there. Hit us with a message. Hit us with a tweet. Hit us with a follow. You know, we we'll try to build a little wrestling community over there. We like to discuss things throughout the week there. I feel like we're getting new followers every single day, and we're following each and every one of you guys back. So it's really cool. We're we're well over four hundred. I think it's like four fifty now. So. Really cool yeah. over there, and uh, we appreciate that. Yep, so if you want to connect with us further on social media, those are the ways you can do that. You can also make sure whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, like I mentioned earlier, or whichever platform you happen to be tuning into this pod ski here on there, bud. Yeah, shout out to you guys you... listening to us on Audible. Oh, yeah, Audible. <laughs> and we found out about that. I didn't even know we were on Audible. That's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, make sure you follow and or subscribe or do whatever means of making sure you get that feed in your week. Wait, that podcast in your feed every week, whatever the hell I'm trying to say, make sure you get the new episode every week. 
uh, on your device of choice. And other than that, though, there are some other things that I do want to discuss here. So, yeah, so we did mention that earlier, well, like five minutes ago, that uh, probably not going to be the same as we would normally do format-wise this week. There will still be a podcast this week, uh, probably. But it might be like... So, normally, what we would normally do is we would do, like, the pod after Rampage on Friday. Well, not on Friday, but well, sometimes, but most of the time on Saturdays, the Saturday after Rampage, we would record the pod and the predictions, get those both out in the same day. Um, I think we started doing them on the same show because of the fact that, like, sometimes... Yeah, we just started wouldn't... combining at the end there. I think for uh, a Double or Nothing, we combined them. Which, yeah. we usually play that by ear, so it's that's not always super consistent, but we usually do something along those lines. This week might be a little bit different um because saturday is literally collision so and then the pay-per-views the next day so uh, as to whether or not we record something just you know what stay tuned to the twitter this week it's probably a good idea right charlie because yeah yeah we'll we'll make some kind of announcement there about what the plan is later this week it's just so hard to know right now when we're recording last week's pod what we're gonna do on the next week's pod like if we're even gonna have one because we make because that's the thing we're talking about right now do we have one what we can 100 percent confirm is that we will do our all-in post show that will be out in your feeds. It's usually like two hours after all in. We have it yeah, all literally. done, all uploaded, and ready to roll. We literally hop into the call like five minutes after the show ends usually. So like yeah. it's so it, fresh in our minds. It's just the question of do we do a predictions that Saturday morning? I mean for us it's one o'clock this show starts. So, you know. We literally have to get up like time, so eight, it's, eight in the morning or something yeah, and record it, it's, the – it's, it's, it's not going to be – I'm going to be honest with you. It depends on, like, I'm going to have to just, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch the show, like, Yeah, it's live. just going to, you know, let's that, just call it's it Because it's so it's... early in the day, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to catch that live. And I don't know if I want to tune in in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, if I don't get, if I don't start it right at, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's going to be starting hot. It's, I mean, it's right away. Zero hours at noon. And I, honestly, I think there's a chance Aussie opens the first match. So, we got, it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be rolling fast, to say the least. But. Yeah, we'll keep you tuned on the Twitter if you guys are interested in that at all. Um, but other than that, we'll we'll do some light predictions for All In as kind of we're going throughout the show today. Just with, you know, little bits here and there that we feel like diving into on the show as it comes up. But you guys know the deal. It's episode 13 of the new season here. We're kicking us off with favorites. Duke, you're taking the wheel here. We had some good wrestling this week, to say we the did. least. And what uh, what stuck out to you the most as your, as your favorite of the week? Yeah, uh... First match of the week. It's first match of the week for me this week. Uh, which that's I, you know, I usually think that's a good sign when the first match that they show on an episode of Dynamite or Rampage or whatever is good sign for the rest of 100%. the show. And I think for Dynamite, it's kind of it kicks off the week, so it really needs to start strong for AEW. You know, so I think it's really smart to put the AEW International Championship title defense from Orange Cassidy against Wheeler Yuta. Spoilers: Yes, Orange Cassidy did retain. Um, but. Yeah, they, so they started this match off exactly the way you would have thought it. Lots of quick cha- quick pace chain wrestling. I swear to God, I can speak English. They did some really hard striking back and forth. It's starting to get to that point now where one of these times Orange Cassidy is going to lose this title because of the fruition that has been reached about the amount of 
sorry, let me just rephrase that. I'm going to just say it exactly how I put it in my notes because I put it pretty well. The sum of the injuries has come to fruition in this match. It's now getting to the point where they can't have a match where he's not having to show off, oh, he's injured this way and that way. Oh, it's yeah. now to that point. We're, we're getting to the the critical mass, if you will, you know, where this is going to, you know, the nuclear meltdown is about to hit where Cassidy is going to either start like almost losing matches and not quite losing them. But I think we're already there. So I think, I think one of the next couple people will beat him. Um, and then he'll be gone for a little while uh, because I mean, you, you know, they, they've got to take a break after this. You have yeah. To. Cause it's just a story. Plus he probably needs a break. Honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he was shoot injured too. You'd be after all these crazy matches, you know? Um, they uh, they did the Manji Katami spot, which uh, Wheeler always makes looks really well. They did a really nice superplex spot off the top. Um, I thought this was like a masterclass in selling for like a wrestler oh by Orange God, Cassidy. Yeah. Orange Cassidy just can like go out there, not really wrestle a lot of his particular moves. And he's got plenty. I've seen him wrestle insane matches in 10 minutes on the Indies where he does like 50,000 things, you know? But he doesn't need to do that because he knows how to sell and make somebody else look better. And he just cares about getting Wheeler over further here, which he doesn't even really need to do at this point because Wheeler is one of AEW's guys at this point. I'm sorry. They've done a great job of making Wheeler one of the dudes, you know. Um, and um, they, he had a really nice PK, a little reference to the matches with Shibata and stuff like that. You know, I love that stuff. Blackwell Combat Club appearing is what ended up making the, the difference here. Uh, Orange Cassidy beat him with a paradigm shift, I believe. Um, sorry, he beat him after he hit a paradigm shift. So he hits a paradigm shift on Wheeler, which I believe Wheeler kicks out of. And then he reverses it into like, there's like a sequence of reversals of roll-ups that Cassidy just sticks, you know, he holds one down. He does that like sort of uh, mousetrappy type thing, you know, uh, where he just barely catches them. And after the match, there was a beat down. And so this was kind of a little chaotic at the end. So we had, this was to set up a match admittedly, but it did feel a little bit weird in the moment. I'll admit, I'm sure you probably felt the same way because we had the post-match beat down. The Lucha Bros then make the save and the best friends as well. And then Eddie Kingston returns, Charlie. Eddie fucking Kingston oh, yeah. back from the G1. <sighs> yeah, it, it felt like this first hour, the way that this match ended, a lot of stuff kind of felt like this in the sense of, Oh, I would say the first like hour and 30 minutes of this time. I was like, bro, this show is so crazy. It's like, we're, we're jumping like boom, 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 boom. Like this thing's off the fucking charts. And Eddie Kingston, the return stadium stampede. Did anyone even have any like vibe that he was going to be back? I mean, I know the G1 just ended, but didn't anyone think he was going to be back this soon? Like, I don't think anybody did. Like the, I'm yeah, not surprised that he's probably been chomping at a bit, seeing what Eddie's been doing over in the G1, though, right? You know, I think like... I think it's great that we get Eddie Kingston on all in. So it it you know fundamentally it ends up all working out, right? So hundred percent. The best friends, Lucha Brothers, like the whole tag divisions, <laughs> just running and jumping out there. So, um, God, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club can work magic with anyone. Uh, as we'll get into in our news here, like kind of breaking this afternoon is you know Ray Phoenix isn't going to be at all in, so. More changes to this match. Do they just make it a 5v5? Is it still 6v6? Is there another partner here? Honestly, if they just wanted to go 5v5 and then they just cut one of the other three, like, you know, then you just, you honestly could change the two partners you have with BCC at that point if you had originally a trio in mind, you know? I mean, it really depends yeah. on what they want to do. And, um, and I mean, we, we can, let's just, uh, we can speculate for a second. Uh, I, I think we both agree Shooter is going to be one of the guys on the combat club. That just makes the most sense. 
It gets and him on I'll the show. What I said to you, like literally, like 15, 20 minutes ago, we were pre-talking before the podcast, everybody, and I was like, if it's a shooter, why not just pull the three Musketeers then? You know, like if you Which can get them, Ren Narita and Yoda Suji as well. And I'm I'm digging it. Look, hey, I'm all it definitely in on that. fits the vibe of how New Japan has been treating those guys. So I I would love it. You know, but honest guess is. And if they can work this out, this is almost like a blessing in disguise with the with Phoenix getting hurt. I think you put Santana on the team with Kingston, and then your three members with the Combat Club. I want to have Shooter. I want to have Daniel Garcia. We need to get him on the show. And as your sixth person, you have Ortiz. And that you know, vibes nicely because the last time we saw Ortiz, he was kind of in a feud with Eddie Kingston. He's in a feud with Eddie. We know that as we've talked about here in our news before. Both those guys are ready to go, but they're, they don't like each other anymore. So this would break away from their tag team. It would be a big shock in the moment. And honestly, that is kind of me just like fan, you know, I, I want Danny Garcia on the card. So I'm trying to find a spot. And he's had the link to the combat club before. You could also put Lee Moriarty in this exact spot and I'd be perfectly fine. I I think, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I truly don't. Um, in you know, in a perfect world, Danielson's like healed miraculously because he's a fucking alien, and you know it all. Bro, works what if out, their but... team is holy shit, Charlie? What if their team is like fucking uh, 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 Zack Sabre Jr., Daniel Garcia, and like Kevin Koo or something, bro? Because he was on fucking Ring of Honor this week, I think. Yeah. Hey. And people that don't know, well, I'm gonna talk about Kevin Koo for a little bit when we get to that part of the show. Kevin Koo, I think it was Rampage actually. Kevin Koo, we keep your eyes on that motherfucker, fans. That guy. He's good. Yeah. And we'll get into, let's get into my favorite now, which, I mean, hey, maybe the replacement is just this. And that was, I had a Ray Phoenix singles match where he faced Commander on Rampage this week. The opener of Rampage. Maybe Commander just takes his spot. Like Ingo, either or. Honestly, I'd be fine with either. So, Ray Phoenix and Commander, I mean, holy shit. So this was the first time meeting between these two ever in singles action. Wait, for yep. real? Yep they that That's they made crazy. they made sure to state that. So I think that means they probably just grew up in different eras or different sides of you know wherever they were wrestling in Mexico. It's completely possible the Lucha Maybe just the time wrestling in America by up. the time he got like big. You know what I mean? It's possible. And this, I gotta tell you, I was all in on this. I think you know Commander. He he's been doing a lot of matches lately, and I think they're all good. Like he's he's a very good wrestler. And I've never had a bad nah, thing to say about any of his moves, matches. Remember, Charlie? Exa- yeah, exactly. He only does three moves. But, um, no. <laughs> Those trolls. But, uh, I thought he's had really, I thought he's had good matches. And this was outstanding. This was, this was who Commander is. He, he knows how to counter with some of the best of them. Whether it's the mat work. Like, Literally, they opened this with, like, fucking technical exchanges and cradles and, like, like severe mat work. And then they took to the sky, and that's when the match really took off. I thought this just flowed beautifully. And if there was one match I could recommend this week, if maybe you guys skipped out on a rampage, because I, I imagine a lot of people do, I would definitely seek this one out. I think it's worth your time. Even the YouTube video shows, like, eight minutes of this fucking 13-minute match. And Do you remember those people that so, would just not watch Rampage and then would complain about stuff that happened on Rampage? Yeah. Remember that? I mean, hey, there there will be people that do. Just, just like I'm sure there's people that still only watch Raw or only watch SmackDown, you know? it they, People pick their shows and they stick with it. 
you know, rampage better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, our, our end of the match here, we, we, we have to jump to they're just like going back and forth with the elbows, with the forearms. Phoenix is climbing to the top. Commander throws him off the mat. He hits the springboard destroyer. He then hit a uh, commander hit a rope wash shooting star press that gets a near fall. Commander goes for the 450 splash. It misses. Phoenix hit the fire thunder driver. Got it like really close to fucking near fall. Um, the crowd's fucking going nuts. Seriously. Uh, Phoenix then finishes commander with a spinning muscle buster into a cradle and he got the pinfall and Justin Roberts. I, I don't think I've ever heard an announcer say this. He just goes, the winner of this incredible battle, Ray Phoenix. I'm like, dude, that was fucking incredible. And they really won was, the though. crowd over like like it was nothing. And, you know, it's just Lucha Wrestling has been represented so well in AEW in 2023. I mean, that's probably one of our bigger takeaways when we do our year-end awards. Like, the amount of Lucha Wrestling we've had this year compared to 2022 and 2021, it's it's every week. It's not even close. and. The fact that these guys just went out here and did their thing, I just, I got to tip it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, any thoughts you had on this? And, you know, we'll be talking about Phoenix in a second about him missing all in, but God, I, Ray Phoenix as a single star, so fucking good. 100%. I mean, like, <clears throat> got to scroll right past Rampage, right? Um, and, yeah, I mean, so it, it was like you said, they did, like, uh, a lot of, like, fast-paced wrestling and stuff like that, but they also... It was the pace that you would expect, the, the flippy stuff. But, you know, Phoenix almost wrestles kind of like a Japanese luchador, where they do the hard-hitting stuff as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where, like, which I think is kind of cool, because it was a different... Um, it was just kind of the match where they would pull out crazy shit. Like, this is a match where they were like, yeah, you guys are getting the opening match. Commander and you have never had a match before. I'm giving you time. Go figure it out. You guys will be awesome, you know? And it was one of those things where I doubt there was that much thought put into this. Because why? Why waste? Why waste the energy? You know these two are going to put on a great match. Um, and yeah, I mean, if Justin Roberts makes a comment after your match in the you know How in cool the post, that? God. I, I I hope they're encouraging Justin to have a little more flavor and personality on that because it again small things that can make AW unique. Some people will say it's bootleg or fucking whatever, but like I don't care. That's so cool. Like I like else... when our announcers and our referees have personality. It adds to Absolutely. the match, just like Red 100%. Shoes. Yeah, no, Red Shoes, dude. Oh, I will never get over that during that. What match was it? Was it during uh, Maloney versus... Um, was it Maloney versus Connors where he did that really intense, like, 18, 19? Yep, that was one. And then uh, Shingo Takagi versus uh, the current champion. Oh, my God. Tai Chi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God. That one was great. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, Red like, Shoes. Red yeah. Shoes would add to the matches. Like, it's... 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And if this oh, Justin yeah, Roberts, buddy. when he does shit like this, I'm I'm in. It adds to the it. The shit's going to hit the fan. Like, Justin Roberts, I'm telling you, let this guy cook. Let him cook. But yeah, just a really fun match. Um, and I Rampage always starts off hot, but this was an example of they just said, nah, let's have a really fun match to open up this Rampage. Yeah, and um, I, I was not expecting uh, my favorite to come from Rampage this weekend. I honestly could have picked another one from it because as we'll get into the Rampage in a little bit here, it fucking kicked ass in terms of in-ring. So uh, yeah, that'll be it for our favorites, guys. Excuse me. And as you know, we like to hit a little bit of news now before we uh, dump into the rest of our shows where we will review Ring of Honor this week, Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. 
So we'll just kind of get you those results and you know, pontificate, if you will. Um, so AW has added two new dates in October. They will debut in Toledo, Ohio, and they will be returning to Philly in October. So this is the Toledo date is for Collision. So I, as far as I, what the fuck know, is a Toledo? I get the maybe the college, right? Uh, I don't even know, but and then uh, Philadelphia is for a Dynamite and Rampage. So there you go, you got it from that. And we've just been keeping up with this. I mean, September the dates are fucking still insane. Like the the trip to Washington for that collision, like in Seattle, it's gonna be just out of this world. And hopefully, we see Daniels in there too. Um, before we got to talk about the things right, that no g- one Give wants. me, uh, Nick Wayne and, uh, and, uh, Darby Allen versus Swerve and, uh, and Danielson, please. Thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, before we talk about the things that no one wants to talk about, uh, we got a couple fun things here. So, AEW All In has officially hit the 80,846 is their last ticket update. And this is just fun to talk about because everyone's been fucking covering it like it's, you know, the goddamn stocks or something. But why is this number stocks. so important? This number is officially more people than the number set by WWE at WrestleMania 32, which was 80,709. That was their biggest show. And AEW has officially passed it with Wembley Stadium. So, uh, this is huge. I'm sure there's. Some fucking, I just can't wait to see what they do on Sunday. Honestly, it, I, I'm so happy it's already this close. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fucking blast. Um, but yes, so Fightful Select as of Tuesday, August 22nd, they have reported Ray Phoenix is no longer planned for a scheduled match at AW All In, though they were told there are quote plans in place to explain his absence. Uh, the indication given to Fightful was that Phoenix's status was travel or visa related, as opposed to an injury. But that has not yet been confirmed. And, yeah. So, I'm guessing they're going to have John Moxley write him off screen. Uh, by the way, that match is going to be fucking awesome next week. Well, fucking tomorrow. Shit. Who are we kidding? Or for most of you guys, today. <laughs> that match is going to be awesome today. Um, And then... So, we just got some Tony Khan stuff that he's kind of been talking about. Uh, There's been a lot of media here. And there's only going to be more and more as the week ramps up. But one of the main things is he's saying that the pay-per-view buys for All In, the advanced buys, are the biggest in years. AEW's already made over $10 million from All In. That's one of the big notes. That's incredible. That's huge, honestly. And he feels, I think this is very important, and this, I think this is real. He feels MJF and Adam Cole has been one of the best, if not the best story that they've ever told on TV. I, I bet he fair. can't believe it's gotten over to the point. I think has. I think it's surpassed the MJF versus CM Punk at its peak. I think at this point, this it this is just so it's so like who who could have expected this, right? Um, <laughs> MJF probably. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he hinted heavily that the company will have a bigger presence in the UK, but that before All In wasn't the right time to make those announcements known. Again, I expect something with Fulham, maybe. We've already seen uh, a guy in Fulham, like, in one of the pictures promoting All In, right? Uh, fairly, I think it was, like, two days ago. AEW posted it, so 
And if you guys don't know, Fulham is the team that uh, the Cons own. So, And he also said it will be up to Sting on when he wants the, his career to end, adding, I don't want it to end, and I don't want to be the one to pull the plug. And yeah, so those are just some of the stuff. He didn't answer specifics with the Elite. Um, they asked him about cash. He didn't really go too into that, which we'll talk about that in a second here. But um, yeah, just 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 some of the important notes there. Um, we got some talent that is AW's interested in. The former Goddess of Stardom champion Mariah May, who she has been absolutely crushing it in Stardom. She went to Stardom I think early last year, and how much she's evolved since she's gone to Stardom is it's honestly remarkable. And I mean, we've talked some Stardom on this show before, and we've watched their shows. The wrestling is top-notch, and so many of the women in AEW, if they literally did an excursion to stardom, they would come out so much better. And Well, the funny thing is, Charlie, many of them started in stardom, so like, yeah. it's the craziest thing is I don't think any of them need it. I think they've all been there. It's just that we don't know that because they don't get used, and we don't get that history. Like, Why do we know that Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and fucking um, all these other women that we've seen have history in these Japanese promotions. I mean, the Japanese women are Japanese, so we know that, but I mean, you know, that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they wrestled in Japan. You know what I mean? But like, I would still um, love it if we got that Jade excursion that she wants. Maybe we will. That'd right. be so fucking cool. For yeah, her. So we said wild predictions throughout the show. I don't really know where this is going to fit in. Otherwise. I mean, I guess I could talk about it during the women's segments, but uh, all right. I just, this is a good time to bring this up. I have a prediction for all in. Let's hear it. I'm not going to say who's going to win the match. Whoever wins the women's four way. Right. Okay. Let's just say uh, Sheeta retains, right? Sheeta retains. And Jade Cargill sees music that hits. And she challenges for the world title. I'm in. And maybe you do it at all out. Yeah. And you crown I think you would do that at all out, yes. I'm in. Jade Cargill world champion for the next two years. I'm in. Fucking book it. You know what? I've been thinking about this, too. Um. For that match, you know what I think they're going to do? I don't know if it's going to go over well. I got a feeling Soraya is going to win that thing. And she could. I think she's going to defend it against... I'd still have against... Jade come out. Yeah, you could still do the Jade thing, 100%. But I think you're going to have Soraya win this, and then her and Hikaru Shida face again at All Out. I don't know if you only want to do a weak title with Soraya. I don't know. I also don't want to take it off Shida, so I'm like so torn there. It, gun to my head, I had to pick. I'm saying Sheeta retains, but if I'm going opposite, I, I'm going Soraya. But the only um, reason I even bring up Jade here is because we haven't seen a single like in the like, idea that she even still exists since she left with, after she lost the title. So I yeah, I would think it would cool. be a good moment to bring her back. Um, yeah, I mean that would be that would be really nice. That Maybe nice they save it for all out instead instead of all in. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So here are uh, you know we got one more good news thing. Um, AW donates, so AW received $100,000 for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sponsorship. They donated all of it to the Maui Food Bank. So, it was, uh, that was reported by Meltzer. And, uh, Tony Khan announced to the live crowd in Nashville that he would donate every dime I got from the deal to the Maui Food Bank. Uh, that's really cool, because if you guys don't know, I mean, Maui was literally crushed by those fucking fires and stuff, so. It's really cool that this fight for the fallen, as we covered, as we mentioned last week, this isn't just a gimmick. It it's real. When they do these fight for the fallen things, this week wasn't planned to be fight for the fallen. They do it, and they really do donate the stuff, and it it's a really neat thing. So 
as much uh as much shit we'll give that match here in a little bit, but um yeah, that was cool. Alright, here's the things that suck. Uh El Hijo Del Vikingo has been injured. He's been pulled from the GCW homecoming. And um uh there was video of him from Triple Mania in Mexico City where he was taken away on a stretcher and it didn't look good. Uh uh, PW Insider reported that Vikingo was feeling sick before the match, passed out due to dehydration. No one knows if it's an angle. I mean, people are still taking it easy. Hopefully, hopefully, he's okay. Um, if he did get dehydrated, man, hopefully, that, uh, usually to me, that would say his schedule's like super chaotic and he just hasn't had a chance to relax. Get that time to relax there. Man. I mean, I was also thinking, like, if you just had, like, I mean, if this was in Mexico, I mean, if it's, like, 100 fucking degrees here, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, sweating his ass off in that tunic. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, it, it, all it would take is just him not drinking enough water, even if you were an athlete that drinks a lot of water. And I assume with the level of cardio that guy has, you have to. But, I mean, like, you know, like, yeah, it's real easy to get dehydrated, though. And here we go, our last little bit of news. As first reported by the Orlando Sentinel, Cash Wheeler has been charged with one count of aggravated assault with a firearm. He's been booked in circuit court. Side note, AEW is now big enough that their motherfucker is getting caught in the goddamn, uh, you know, <laughs> getting caught doing illegal shit. Gets reported by local news and shit. Just throwing that out there, you know. He is facing a, he's facing a third degree felony charge stemming from a, quote, road rage incident in Florida. Cash Arn Anderson wheel. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So this was not domestic. This was it. We found out it was road rage. It it happened on July twenty seventh, and there was a warrant out for his arrest while he put on those insane matches. And he turned himself in on Friday morning. Uh, there they post. There's videos of his court hearing all over the place. He was given a twenty five hundred dollar bond, ordered to turn in any weapons he owns, and have no contact with the alleged victim. Okay. Oh shit! So they took his gun away. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't realize that's how the laws were in Florida. The maximum penalty for the charge in Florida, the maximum, is five years in prison or five years probation with a $5,000 fine. And I'm thinking he's not getting five years in prison here, but I could be wrong. Especially since he turned himself in. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I Hey, yeah, the law, you never know what the fucking law is. He does, be. though. I bet Dax just fucking retires. I'm not even going to lie to you, you know? Yeah, so what does this mean for wrestling? Um... Well, FTR didn't show up on uh, Collision. They they were we were to hear from them. We heard from Dax in a video package. I heard Cash's voice in there, and it's just like, you know, why why do people got to be fucking stupid? It's fucking road rage, man. Bro, what happened that you pulled out your gun at a guy or a girl? Or whoever. You know? According to the story, he's the one that was at fault. Like, he did the shitty thing and then got mad at the dude and pulled the gun out. So, like... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, if this costs Dax the match at All-In, I I just... I'm worried. That, that could cause an actual rift between these guys, I feel like. Oh, definitely. This could taint their legacy if this goes, like, certain ways. Um, and of course it's never, it's never in the ring why people taint the legacy. It's always something they fucking do outside of it. God, I just, you know, we got the face-to-face interview on this week's Dynamite. Again, 
It's probably recorded already. If it wasn't, it you know they're probably shooting it tomorrow. Uh, I just I don't even know. Where, I don't even know. Can't even wrestle it all in. As far as we know, he's good to go. He hasn't been arrested. Well, he has been arrested actually. He he's out on bond. So, you know, uh, we were kind of just talking before the show. I think we both agree FTR it would win this match if we were doing predictions right now. However, if you don't know fucking uns- if you have uncertainty in the legal department and you might lose Cash Wheeler for, you know, even if the guy can't Yeah, he doesn't leave, even get to maybe defend his title because maybe the guy need, can't leave yeah. his house for a fucking year, right? Like I, I who knows, right? And if you run into legal trouble now, does this title reign, which I have been praising as truthfully, I think this is going to be the most historic title reign. And I have been saying that they're every single notch in their belt as they defend this titles, it's going to be against all the best teams in the world. And when they finally drop it, it would be to someone new. All right. So, I'm going to say the thing that nobody's probably saying that I think should be said. We've had consequences that were way more severe for actions that were considerably less like stuff that didn't cause any actual legal troubles as far as we know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now I know there were legal reasons why they couldn't talk about the all out brawl out stuff, but like, I don't think anyone actually got legally in trouble for what happened there. Could be wrong. Um, it does seem like it was handled without actually involving the authorities though. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe there is like behind the scenes, like restraining orders and stuff now. No idea. But, um, as far as we are aware, that didn't cause any legal actual trouble. This is the law. Like this is he broke the law. He did something he shouldn't have done. Aggravated there is an argument they should arm. both. And I, and I don't think Dax should be punished for this, but it is what it is. He's part of the tag team. You know what I mean? They might need. Charlie, if the precedent has been set. Motherfuckers got into a fight backstage and they all got stripped of their titles. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, is yeah. there an argument here that maybe that's the way this should be handled to keep the precedent that they've already set? Like, yeah, I mean, they're probably going over this with their lawyers very, very intently, right? Because look, Jeff Hardy's back, right? And he had some serious, serious legal stuff and he went to rehab. And he yeah, came but back. if you remember, that killed all the fucking push that they had and they're probably not winning those titles now, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't and, think and, so. And maybe. But I guess we never know, right? Especially if the Young Bucks win it here, I could see it hot potato to a few teams. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm I, sorry. I, if I just lost my tag champions to fucking Dax, or sorry, to, to Cash Wheeler pulling a gun on the motherfucker, I ain't trusting Jeff Hardy with my world, with my world tag titles. I'm sorry, not no offense, Jeff, but um, I trust uh, Cash a little bit more than I trust you. You know? Yeah, and you know, it's this is the definition of a we're just going to wait and see. Now, if the Young Bucks win, maybe that was always the plan. Maybe we'll learn that, you know, the plan was to go back and forth with them and they do this big thing. I mean, we still haven't had, um, it's Young Bucks for Saucy Open, right? The one we haven't had. That's the match we haven't had yet. So maybe they do that title, that match for our titles. I don't know. Either way, we have the three, in my opinion, the three best tag teams in the world in this company. We can figure something out. If he legally you know, just has to pay his fines and he has to lose his gun. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, it could be a thing where everyone kind of moves on from it and he, he moves on from it and he learns from this. Jesus. I mean, he turned himself in. So 
clearly the guy was fucking, he had to learn from it himself too. But, um, yeah, so uh, this is a wait and see thing. Uh, as far as we know, match is still in for all in and yeah, we'll just, uh, what the wait and see. That being said, it's time for our results. We're going to go, Duke's going to take you guys through ring of honor. I'll take you through Dynamite and Rampage, and then we we go back to Duke for a collision to take us home. We'll be sprinkling some some random shenanigans throughout as we like to do. But oh, that 100%. being said, Ring of Honor on WatchRH.com. This was episode. This is Ring of Con twenty three. Um, we opened up the show with another fun luchador match: Gringo Loco versus Gravity, the Moon Man. So Gringo Loco now elevating him. No, 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 that joke is dead. Um, <laughs> for those of you that have been following the pod for a few weeks, you know exactly what joke I'm referencing. Gringo Loco not content to fight mortal men, fighting forces of nature now. All right. Um, All I'm saying is if uh, if what happened to Cash was with Eva Luna, we might have actually had to like. Oh, God, no, that, that, that would have been. We couldn't afford <laughs> that shit. I think I think Eva Luna has been influential in Cash a little bit. That must be what it is. Him and Arn have been hanging out too much. Anyway, um, Charlie Gravity has the it factor. He just does. I've been okay. trying to figure it out for a while. I don't know what it is. He has it, though. I don't know what it is. Can't stop watching. He's got it. it? He's got it, though. So he could be a world champion, I think, because of that. Um, uh, Ring of Honor world champion. I don't know about AEW yet. We'll see. Um, but I think he could do both, honestly. I mean, hey, we had um, our first, quote, call-up this week, so. Essentially, yeah. So, hey. I'm I'm in, you know what I mean? Um but anyway, so yeah. Uh Gringo does some crazy flip stuff. Um he, I like I was saying that it's factor thing. He's just I can't stop watching him when he's on the screen. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's interesting. I don't know what it is. Um but Gr- Gringo hits the crazy flips. There was a springboard corkscrew swanton that he hit at one point, which I'm just like, Gringo, what the fuck are you doing? You absolute maniac, you know? Um <laughs> You menace. And uh, then, then then Gravity proceeded to hit a move that, Charlie, I can't even describe. It was that crazy. <laughs> I literally couldn't figure out how to... I was like, um, he did, like, a flip, a corkscrew, a back, a hand... I, I don't even... I, 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 it was crazy. You should definitely come watch this match if you have access to Honor Club. Um, hit some big spots off the top rope. I'll admit the crowd did seem a little quiet through this Ring of Honor, um, but this match was really fun either way, and whether the crowd give a shit or not. But yeah, I really, I really did enjoy that match. Really fun match. Gringo, uh, Gringo could genuinely be a champion in Ring of Honor, I think, and I think that might be the plan for him. Maybe television, something like that. Probably These not. Feel like two show. of our new kind of core Ring of Honor, you know, mid card yeah, guys. Hundred so. percent. Yeah, we'll see what they can do. I still think, uh, I think, I think Gravity could be Ring of Honor World Champion one day. Maybe not anytime soon, but, you know. Um, Silas Young, back on Ring of Honor for the first time in probably a month or two, I think. Um, he took on Josh Woods in a pure rules match. He used his little, like, you know, gigabrain tactics to do, like, a drop toehold, which cost uh, Josh Woods a, a rope break. Um, this is kind of, like, exactly what you think about when you hear about what a pure rules match is in concept. They did a lot of, like, arm control and wrist control and stuff like that. Like, a lot of, like, actual wrestling, wrestling, you know? Stuff that you would think of when you think of pure wrestling, or you just think of those words just as words and not, like, as what we would associate with pure wrestling because of what we've seen from Ring of Honor or whatever. Uh, that probably sounded really confusing if you don't know what I mean, but, like, anyway. Um, 
there was a close fist to the to the face that Josh hit at one point. That just he was pissed. He was like he was kind of getting you know he's not getting the better of him, but he's not really he's not getting the better of Silas. It's not the dominant win he was wanting, so he just socked him right in the face, which threw Silas off. So I was like, what the fuck, bro? And then he, you know, he locked him up with the uh, like the fireman's carry buster deal. Like the, the, he had the it's called the twist of woods. I don't know what the fuck that name is, <laughs> but it's the name of the move. So. It's a uh, anarchist suplex that like runs into the corner, which is a good move. It's just the twist of woods. Not sure if that one really hits for me, but whatever. Um, but you know, Josh Woods picks up a win here. Obviously, they're pushing him more as a pure wrestler right now, which is what I've wanted for a while. It's what he's best at, and he's very, very good. So give him some decent opponents, like when you put him against Shibata, and I think um, I think you might have a legit contender. This guy might be the guy to beat Shibata, honestly, Charlie. He's really good, and I could see him holding that division down pretty well. I would really like that, actually. I think it would be something Shibata would absolutely be willing to do, too. Because Josh Woods is a known quantity, I feel like. Um, speaking of known quantities, we have Maria Canellas backstage. And she was saying she wanted to... She's, like, talking to, like, Lexi a little bit, being like... Or actually, I don't even know if Lexi was there. She might have just been back there by herself. The point is, Maria Canellas is backstage talking about how she's going to build an army. Layla Hirsch then comes into the screen and is like, Yo, you're building this army, but, like, you know, you've been watching me. Like, what have I not shown you? And she's like, you know what? I got you a match later tonight. Let's see how you do there. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. You know what I mean? That's that's how these storylines usually go. So I'm in. Interested to see where this goes. Athena takes on Brittany J for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship in a Proving Ground match. Sorry, I shouldn't say for the Ring of Honor. For a shot at the Women's World title in a Proving Ground match. Um... This is one of uh, another one of Caprice's trainees, which every time it's one of those people, I like to uh, shout it out because uh, he's been getting some of his people on Ring of Honor lately. And, you know, I Caprice must be pretty good because well, most of these people are pretty good, I would say. So, you know, you know they don't seem like idiots out there. So, you know, um, Athena then terrorized Rickaboni. The Rickabone zone was invaded. Um, she then hit a pop up powerbomb of death is what I'm going to call it. She then uh, is, you know. Picks up the win off of, I believe, like... Actually, I don't even have how she won the match written down here. Let's just say she won with the forearm, because that seems like an Athena move. But she probably... she She's using a submission lately, right? Am I crazy? She's doing something. I don't know. I don't remember. She, did, she did something. Oh, you know what? Actually, 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 I think she hit the O face here. Okay. You know what? One of those things happened. Anyway. um, It doesn't really matter, because the big story of this is that the Renegades attack her after the bell. And then Billy Starks comes out to make the save. Which is a back last week we had a similar thing happen with uh uh well sorry let me rephrase later on this week we were gonna have a similar thing happen this is why Ring of Honor is so confusing for me sometimes chat I said chat Jesus Christ fucking <laughs> Twitch TV backslash do good herbs yeah literally uh but so anyway th- there's I'll just cut to it now because I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on it when we get to the other segment later. But basically, they're doing like segments right now where like Billy Starks and Athena are slowly becoming friends, I guess. Um, which is going to slowly turn Athena babyface, I think, is the vibe they're going with. Although I don't think she's going to lose her edge because she doesn't seem to be. But I mean, you know, we didn't think that MJF was going to be like a full on babyface either. So, you know, like. So there's possibility that they're trying to change some of these heels naturally more than just like having them be like, oh, I'm a good guy or oh, I'm a bad guy. You know, I think they're actually trying to build some organic. Do you get what I'm saying, Charlie? Like some organic. Yeah. No, definitely something. Yeah. And Billy hey, Starks is look. Got I, a great I love energy. Billy, so this yeah. this works for me. 
We had Samoa Joe and the Rough Rider Stokely Hathaway taking on the boys. <laughs> Dude, Stoke did a wrestling move. Holy shit. Hell yeah. Um, I'm not sure why this got so much time. Uh, but then Stoke went splat and I was like, hey. um, he went to hit like a frog splash or something and there was just nobody there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Nobody. Stoke. Uh, Joe then locked in the Coquina Clutch to pick up the win. Uh, Joe then walked past a sign that said Samoa Joe is my tribal chief. I agree. Samoa. And we had Billy Starks backstage, who then got interrupted by the Renegades, who were like, what the fuck do you think you are, little Billy Starks? We're like a couple of women that'll beat you up. What the fuck? And who do you think you are? Exactly. Um, The Gates of Agony took on Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. Tova's hair was super long here. That's the only thing I had in my notes. Madison Rain took on Danny Moe. There wasn't really a ton in either of these matches. Um, she hit the cross reigns for the win. A couple of just really short, kind of squashy matches. I don't know if that means we're going to see Madison Rain like maybe get a title shot or if she's just going to be on. I don't know. No idea. I'm surprised we don't see show. more of her in collision at all. Yeah. I, I mean, she's probably busy. I mean, she's I joke basically running the women's division. division is, our right? collision women's division is quite literally four people now. It has been for three weeks. That's true. Well, probably because fucking CM Punk says they can't go. Anyway, CM Punk hates women now. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, man went to, man literally flew to Japan to see fucking <laughs> one of the biggest women's matches of all time. Like, obviously, he doesn't hate women. Maybe. Maybe. Some women. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Bunker bud. Bunker bud. Anyway. Um, the Dark Order took on some jobbers. Uno is still pissed off. But Stu like, kind of made an appearance. So, I, I, Are we getting the Dark Righteous? Whatever they're going to be called? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I, I don't know. I don't know. Claudio Castagnoli hey, doesn't know what me. he's doing either backstage. To be honest. This promo was so all over the place, Charlie. I'm sorry. I love Claudio. But he does these promos this every now and then. Been, just like, yeah, this might have been his weirdest one. I'm, I'm actually with you. It was good content. It was just all over the place. I think maybe he goes a little bit longer than he should sometimes. And maybe I just don't. You know what the problem is? Is Claudio is such an intelligent motherfucker that I think I just, I think it just goes over my head sometimes. You know, like, I, like. It, it's, but I love what he's saying. I just, it, it was a lot, you know, like he was saying a lot of things. And he's also like, he's technically feuding with like four different people right now. So it's like kind of complicated for him to cut a problem <laughs> at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, but he, I, for what he did here, I mean, it was fine. I didn't dislike it, but it was a little long for my, my taste for promos on Ring of Honor, you know? Yeah. Eh, did you, do you have any other thoughts besides that on it? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out the direction where we're going with the title and everything. You know, I, I still feel like the whole after Mark Briscoe, I just, and then Pac got hurt. It, it, we just don't even know. And I don't think they know. Yeah. Cause I think originally they had planned on there being more defenses in this rain by this point, but it just injuries and various things haven't worked out. And you don't want to just throw him against people because they've done that before and it's fine, but it's not, it doesn't mean as much, you know? So. Speaking of things that didn't mean much, we had Cole Carter taking on Char- Charlie. Who the, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Who in the? F- All right, we had Discount f- Jungle Boy taking on Sleeping with the Fishes here. Um, 
and you know, I like giving these two a match. I mean, I like that. That's just that's a bold, that's a bold move. You know what I mean? To throw okay. these two relatively unknowns for the most part. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. Griff Garrison's known, but hasn't really done much. And Cole Carter, again, known. Doesn't really, honestly, probably not even known at this point, but known enough on AEW. You know what I mean? Like we've seen him, um, but not really known for anything. You know. So I like giving them a match to try and do something. Um, and uh, honestly, like they keep doing this reference to this like love triangle shit with Maria and fucking Mike Bennett and uh, and and Cole Carter. And if that leads to a match between Mike Bennett and Cole Carter, then I mean, I'm sure that'll be great for Cole Carter's career. You know, like because um, you know Mike Bennett will give him a good match. Um, but I mean, this wasn't really that spectacular, you know. Griff Griff got left uh, sleeping with the fishes. Uh, Maria was still scouting this. I really don't know what's going on here. I mean, I'm I'm guessing this is just going to be a faction she's building. It's a really slow burn for like a faction build. So uh, the kingdom is going to look interesting. I I they the kingdom. Okay, well, I know we probably shouldn't spend a ton of time on this, but like the kingdom is making some interesting moves right now, like. They're, Probably picking up Roddy, Griff, Layla. Is that too many people in the group? I don't know. Not you know? if we're going to bring it to Collision or bring, you know what I mean? Bring it to... Which it does seem like they're doing, so... Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, and, and we got Ricky Starks forming a faction too, so... That's true. I forgot about that. Charlotte Renegade took on Billy Starks. Uh, she elbow struck her out of the handshake. Raked back on her nose in the Campbell clutch type move, um, dude. The Renegades—they're just too good for being like these unknown fucking wrestlers. I'm sorry, like how, they, you know what they are? They're like the tag team version of how Ruby Soho just kind of walked into the scene of WWE a few years ago. You know, like um, when like people knew about her from the Indies, but they didn't like she wasn't on anybody's radar yet. I don't think you know if they if she was, it was because they are like us and they just watch everything. You know, um. But uh, outside of, like, the ultra-mega deep wrestling fan, you probably didn't know who she was. And then she just shows up and instantly gets called up because of how fucking ready she is, you know? Like, um, I think they're kind of like the tag team version of that, which is kind of cool. Because they're both... I mean, Charlie, I can't think of... I can't... But they don't really make those kinds of mistakes. They're pretty solid, and they've gotten way better since we first saw them. So, I... I, mean, I really want to believe that if if Mercedes Monet does end up doing her AEW run, that little thing she had with the Renegades, like, and maybe them being her, like, she could elevate them to a point of yes. just they would be top stars. Like, honestly, they they would be very very known with them, and they would be at the top of the card where they deserve to be. Frankly, Billy already, Starks. fuck it, yeah, hundred percent. Billy Starks, I I agree. I think they're really good. And like I said, unknowns. Like, nobody knew who these girls were. I don't care. I mean, I don't care if they were known. Nobody really was thinking, oh, those are going to be the girls that will pop on AEW. I would not have said that. I would have been like, these these will be useful for our division. They might be good to lose. But now I'm just convinced that they actually are, are probably going to be pretty stalwart members of the AEW tag division going forward. So I'm excited for that. Um... They beat her down after the bell immediately. So Billy starts in and it goes on to pick up the win. Uh, she then gets beat down by the Renegades, who then gets, you know, uh, chased off by Athena. And they had this kind of really cool moment, Charlie, where they're like looking at each other in the ring. And she's like, come on, let, let's be friends, you know. And they just give each other this look. And they both run. They hit the ropes and they hit a synchronized tope. And Charlie... <laughs> 
God damn, if that's not some visual storytelling that they didn't need to tell us. They showed us, you know what I mean? They showed yeah. us what was happening in their heads by their actions, you know? Oh, so fucking good. Good stuff. And that's good storytelling. Athena then calls her her minion, and they walk off to the back together. Thoughts, Charlie? Uh, honestly, really great storytelling in my I, opinion. I'm I'm totally vibing with it. Um, even my my sister happened to actually be watching Ring of Honor with me this week, and she hadn't seen any of this storyline at all. She's just known that Athena's a complete badass, and she she was like, "That was really she she's she became interested in the storyline within one episode." And I was like, "Yeah, it's working." Oh yeah, Athena. <laughs> is killing everybody in terms of like she's able to i mean think about that how many other wrestlers do we know that can not say a thing out loud and tell a story like that you know what i mean like not not, not many like brian danielson maybe I mean, i'm trying to think of other people that kenny omega you know these are the people that do that kind of stuff you know what i mean that's putting her on i know i'm comparing her to some top-notch talent but honestly she deserves it at this point she's up there in my opinion. woman's wrestler of the year but yeah no one's beating her who's gonna beat her no literally one. I there's no chance. Um unless Sheeta just goes on a run, which I mean there's there's not enough time left, I don't think. I think she I think Sheeta's gonna have to go for next Hey, year. that run would have to really fucking get going now. Have to kick off <laughs> at all in, which hey, I wouldn't put it past Sheeta. Um Ari Davari and Tony Nese were backstage. And Tony Nese says he's gonna finally, because his lawyer, Mark Sterling, has has secured him the time. They're gonna finally do some group training this week. The crowd goes wild. All right. Um, we then had Lee Johnson, Andretti, and Darius versus the Workhorseman and Lee Moriarty. Basically, both tag teams found a guy named Lee to tag with. All right. Um, as funny as that is to say, it is tr- literally true. Hmm. Um, I like to call this match Ring of Honor Limbo. And the three count was as awkward as that fucking phrasing sounds. All right. Um... Lexi then interviewed Athena and Billy backstage, uh, and they're like, yo, what's the deal? Are we friends? Are we not? And she's like, I don't know about all being friends, but you know what? You're totally going to be my minion. And she's like, I'm not her minion. So uh, this shit's going to be comedy. It's going to be awesome. Um, Can't wait to see these over the next few weeks. And uh, this should be really great for Billy Starks, I should think. I mean, God, Athena is about the best you could possibly. I can't think of, I mean, other than like, Britt Baker, who I don't think is going to take the time to do this, or like Madison Rain, if you could get her in your like in your corner. But other than that, Athena's like the best you could possibly have to like, you know, like possibly teach you how to make things work as a women's wrestler right now. You know what I mean? Like, because she's got literally the. I would say I, Charlie. I don't know outside of our bubble if people are noticing athena the same way we are i really hope they are but i I don't know if they are but they should be because i think i think she's sadly i don't think they are that's so sad yeah oh well hopefully hopefully no i don't think that's realistic i think by the time she gets back to aw she's gonna be in a completely different character yeah oh well it was worth. You know what? At least for the it people had to that be watched Ring of Honor, it was and good. I just I don't. They've already pulled her from Collision once. They have something in in mind with her. So I mean, hey, we'll see. Right? It's just they uh, pulled her from Collision because CM Punk said no. Fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> no right. The fuck, no Christopher Daniels, huh? <laughs> yeah, literally the head of talent relations. 
fucking Christ. Anyway, um, Lady Frost took on Trisha Dora. A uh, shit ton of potential in this match. Uh, I think Trish should get a title shot soon. But uh, I don't think she will because she lost to Lady Frost here. Who had a quirk stream moonsault. That looked cool. Kira Hogan was backstage looking... Uh, she had some cool looking clothes on. She had like some gold... like I think her hair was gold or something. She had some cool shit going on. Kira Hogan was looking like fucking... Like a goddamn... I don't even know what to describe it. She just looked badass. She was just like, fuck yeah, I'm showing up looking like a million bucks today for this backstage segment. You know what I mean? Like, hell yeah, I'm here for it. Um, she said she was watching Lady Frost and she challenges her to do, challenges to do a match. So I guess Kira Hogan wants back in the title seat. Um, Rachel Ellering then took on Layla Hirsch. Uh, she basically attacked the arm to set up for a cross arm breaker and she was like holding a wrist lock throughout and it was good stuff, but not the best use of Rachel Ellering, in my opinion, because I think that's a chick that you probably should jump on ASAP, because I think she'll I think she'll get over in Ring of Honor. Um, oh, well. Um, yeah, it, again, Layla Hirsch, I think, has that it factor as well. I just don't know what they're doing with her right now, with this whole kingdom thing. Like, I don't know. It's Time will tell, but I'm not sold on her being a part of the kingdom so far. I gotta be 1,000% honest with you, Charlie. Um... But, I mean, maybe it'll work. Um, pretty Peter Avalon took on Dalton Castle. What a package, Charlie. <laughs> um, we got some beach wrestling stuff here. Apparently, his entrance last week trended on Wrestling Reddit, uh, Charlie. That's pretty funny. I'm not surprised by that. People, people do love some Dalton Castle in the wrestling community. He picked up the win by hitting the bangerang, and then he made another challenge to Joe. Joe's feuding with the entire world at this point. Literally. Shane Taylor. Speaking of people Joe's feuding with, Shane Taylor backstage. <laughs> Talking about the, he's going to beat the shit out of Joe, basically. Um, he won't, but it's okay. You know. But um, he should. I, it, Shane Taylor should win that title. And I, it's not going to happen. Nah, he's getting squashed it. in like 10 minutes, but it's fine. Yeah, I know. I wanted it at the fucking, uh, that last show they did. Death yep. before dishonor. Just, nope. It's not happening. We not while he's feuding with CM Punk. He's not losing to Shane Taylor anytime soon. Nope. Sucks to suck. Um, Metalik took on Tony Nese. But before that happened, we had Tony Nese come out. Started doing group training. Got interrupted by Jerry Lynn. We then introduced Metalik. And that was our main event. It was ten. It was sub 10 minutes. Yikes. All right. Hmm. Um... So yeah, that was that was Ring of Honor on Honor Club 23. Listen, man, or was it 24? Whichever one it was. Uh, I said 23 in my notes. I, mean, I think it was actually 25. Yeah, it was 25. I've lost my fucking mind. Um, Ring of Honor 25, it was fine. I don't know. I didn't really care. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's hard to tell. You know, I, I think some of this shit would be so over if they were taping it at Universal still, but you know, that's besides the point. We've we've moved on from that, and that's okay. That's okay. All right, so let me take you to AEW Dynamite. Where so, Charlie, um, when, when Ring of Honor inevitably can't use some of its talent because CM Punk tells them not to show up to Collision, what's oh, going to no. happen? That, uh, this, who are we? CM Punk's gone by the time that starts. Let's be real. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't mind it. All right, um, but Dynamite, we've talked God, about the I'm, just, I'm leaving before Ring of Honor taping. It tapes first. And, what do you mean? Nah, he's, 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 he's out. He's, he's out of here. 
we have JR having a sit-down interview with Kenny Omega. Uh, the interview, it takes place at Daly's Place, where uh, Omega won his first world title. Omega wants to move on away from Don Callis. Footage was shown of Omega facing Takeshita from DDT. Callis interrupted the inter- interview. It was to distract Omega. Where ghosts of his past, J- Juice Robinson and Jay White, show up and start pounding on Omega. Takeshita jumped in as well beating him with pipes and other shit. This sent Kenny Omega to the hospital. Bro, Kenny's been spending, like, so much time in the hospital recently. Motherfucker literally can't get out of the hospital. We then jumped to Adam Page, who was waiting outside the hospital in Jacksonville. Is is there some subtext here that motherfuckers just want to hospitalize Kenny constantly? Maybe there is. And Adam Page is drinking again. Uh, so... Uh, Page announced that he, Kota Ibushi, and Omega will take on Juice, Jay, and Takeshita at Wembley. Didn't some people not like that before the way he glorified drinking? Like, Well, it was a big storyline that he stopped, and now he's back on it. So, so like, they made it a storyline that he, like, stopped being an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a thing, and now he's back on the alcohol. So maybe having Kenny in his life is causing this stress again, you know, that... There's subtle Honestly, things if, here. If he's got a fucking lid on it, he could totally do that storyline and it shouldn't be a problem because you can have like oh, a beer every now it, and then it'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those storylines that's for the people that, you know, yeah, really you like You can tell he hadn't chugged one in a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was, he, security was yelling at him, you can't drink outside the hospital. And yeah, here's, here's what I'll say. All of this felt unbelievably rushed. However, we're in the fucking end game now, right? We had two weeks. We had to do it. I bet in a perfect world, you do the Omega interview last week and you have Adam Page the week after. It's not the way it worked out. It felt, you know, I mean, how was he at the hospital already? You know what I mean? But it's okay. Uh, it, this is this is just what they did. And the match is going to be fucking incredible. There is a part of me, I'll say Do you, this. Do you want me to throw something at you? What's that? Maybe he was supposed to be on collision when this happened. I'd believe it. Yeah. Because uh, then it. it would make sense that he was a few days down the road and he's at the hospital still. That would have a little more impact. Yeah. But then CM so, Punk said no, so. I'll say this, and I am I mad Kenny Omega's not in a singles match? No, I'm not mad. Would I have preferred Kenny I'm Takeshita nah, in a 1v1? I'm mad. It should be Will sure. versus him. Well, even if that was, it sounds like that was never going to be the way. I'm thinking Will and Kenny's going to be Wrestle Kingdom again, which is unfortunate, but uh, it'll be awesome for that show. But here's the thing. I'm not mad Kenny's not in a singles match. I would have preferred him to have a match with Takeshita in singles. Sure. That being said, this is kind of a callback to the original All In with the way that this match is set up the trio that they're using. Um, I'm glad we're seeing Kota Ibushi again. This trio was fucking incredible. And the other trio that they're facing is going to work like fucking magic. So I'm not worried about it at all. And the match itself is going to be just awesome. So yeah, Jericho uh, answered Don Callis and where we get back to the arena. Callis calls out Jericho to get his answer. Jericho answers him with, I don't join factions. I create them. He gives Callus a yes, and Callus is shocked. 
He wanted to go to the Cal's like, holy shit, let's go to the bar. Let's celebrate. Jericho's like, no, no, I want to see what you got me. He, he opens the paint. He, he goes to the covered paint in the cor- uh, picture in the corner there. And uh, it's a painting of Callus holding Jericho's severed head. Jericho's like, what the hell is this fucking about? so metal? Were you going to assassinate me? Oh, fucking wordplay. Um, Callus thought Jericho's ego would allow him to join the Don Callis family. Who the hell is Don Callis? Nobody cares about Don Callis. Who's lost his family, lost Kenny Omega, lost his friends. All because Callus is a low life, a worm, a piece of trash, and an asshole. Calliston slapped the taste out of Jericho's mouth. Jericho responds by choking him down to the corner. Takeshita and Will Ospreay ran in. They go to save Callus. Ospreay hit Jericho with the hidden blade. Busted him open with a steel chair to the head. Calliston smashed the painting over Jericho's head. Sammy Guevara runs out to run off Don Callis and his crew with a bat. And uh, that got a brief Sammy chant from the crowd. So Will Ospreay, Chris Jericho, the match that wasn't able to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. It's happening now, and they're gonna fucking they're gonna they're gonna have an awesome match. Uh, Will Ospreay's got to win. <laughs> Do we think um, since Jericho's not main eventing, he opens the show then the yeah, main show? You know, I don't know. Maybe. I do wonder what because we do know that's Jericho's philosophy. And actually, he's not going to be on last; uh, he wants to be on first. You know, yeah. But he doesn't always this, uh, get that. Sometimes we get fourth match Jericho. That's my only concern. I don't want it to be fourth match Jericho versus. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather it be first. Yeah. And he's not main eventing. Sorry, he's just not. So, I, I think I'd rather it be first match, second match Jericho. One of the first couple matches, just something that'll keep him invested. You know what I mean? Like, because I again. It's the Randy Orton syndrome. He knows he's good. He doesn't have to deliver every single time. He just has to be good enough, you know. And if there but was, but he one has person... to know this match is big. So, oh yeah, if there was one person I was picking from the UK, we said at the very beginning, Will Osprey. It makes the most sense for him to be at all. Not Great O'Con, champion of the British. Uh, so AEW posted this graphic that hey, said he's in Will Ospreay is hashtag all in. And it's like, well, this is pretty cool. We're seeing a Will Ospreay graphic. And Will Ospreay quoted this. He said, true story. Cody asked months after the first one, why wasn't you on all in? And he's, my reply was, you didn't ask. Essentially, they forgot to message me to be part of the history. It took long enough, but finally part of all in at Wembley Stadium. And I'm not all elite. I'm above it. I love Will Ospreay. I, I think he's going to beat the shit out of Jericho, and it's going to be great to watch. Jericho did announce today that Ju- uh, his band will be singing Judas, so that's pretty cool for him. Darby Allen. Does that mean he's going to be singing his entrance then? I, I believe his so. Voice? I okay, believe that's pretty so. cool. Darby Allen and Nick Wayne defeated the Gates of Agony. This was uh, off the charts fast pace. Uh, Nick Wayne picking up the dub. And yeah, after the match, the Mogul Affiliates. Uh, Con uh, was hit with a coffin drop for the pinfall. After the match, the Mogul affiliates surrounded the ring. Sting interrupts him from the Contron. Sting has kidnapped Prince Nana. Sting told Strickland he needs his eyes in the back of his head, and then he scared Nana off. Nana, Nana, come back. I need someone to talk to. This was uh, Joker Sting in his finest year. I'm I'm telling you right, this is one of my favorite matches going into the show. It's this four four man fucking tag match. Darby and Sting versus uh, AR Fox and Oh, it's going to be nuts. And honestly, I I'd probably I know... been my second favorite build easily oh, yeah. outside of the main event. Dude, that segment, that has to be one of the most 
insane wrestling segments ever. Honestly, like the the Nick Wayne so Buddy Wayne good. Academy segment, dude. Oh my god! Like so, and and then you put a coffin match, and we know what Swerve and Ar Fox do in these situations. You know what I mean? Where they get these insane. Like I bet there's gonna be a thumbtacked fucking. Uh, oh, it's gonna be ridiculous! Remember, remember, oh, didn't yeah. Darby and uh, Jeff? No, who was it? Darby and Christian, right? Did they have the? No, it wasn't Christian. It was the last one before that. Whoever he had the last one before Christian with, uh, he had the coffin match, and it had like the barbed wire—not barbed wire, sorry, thumbtacked coffin lid or whatever. I think we might see that come back out again uh, for this match. Yeah, and. Um... We then jump to Adam Cole and MJF with one of their this week segments where they were uh, getting, you know, going to Outback Steakhouse to scout uh, Aussie Open. And pretty much this was uh, the whole idea here is getting trying to get the kangaroo kick over. They double clotheslined an inflatable crocodile, which pissed off Tony Khan. And he brought him in his office and he's screaming at him. People are trying to work here. Uh Jesus, I, I like Tony Khan fucking berating the talent. That that was actually hilarious. Uh, Adam Cole and MJF arrived at the arena. Then in MJF's car, MJF's like, "Bro, I gotta take a, I gotta take a piss." Nashville Hot Chicken didn't agree with me. Gotta, yeah, well, he didn't take a piss. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Cole's going to the ring, and Roderick shows strong shows up to complain to M to complain about Adam Cole and MJF. And then he kicks the car and he hurts his foot. <laughs> I honestly believe that he didn't even actually hurt his foot. He just the, literally was just like, fuck it, this will be funny if I do this. Like, And the kingdom give him the fucking hugs. I was like, ah, Roderick Strong's character here is fucking brilliant. I am loving every little bit of it. Which, uh, I don't think they need to commit hate crimes against MJF. No, this is good enough. I, this is fun. This I, is good enough. Fuck. We don't need hate crimes done. Please. I, I won't say who, but we, we saw a suggestion online where someone said they should beat up MJF with a, a fucking bag of quarters. Guys, they're not going to... You don't do that in 2023. Like, seriously. At least this not when fine. you... Like, if you want to do that, do it with, like, not MJF bringing it up first. Like, just have it be done, and then MJF yeah, be like, yeah, that was really racist yeah. what you guys did. And then make that the storyline. You could do that and make that a storyline, because there are racist people out there. I'm not sure people would be in support of it, but... If you wanted to be real about life, there are, I mean, I've always thought, Charlie, and they've done it before, but I always thought that if you wanted to get a black over, wrestler super over, you just have them face a guy that, and I know you probably don't want to make somebody's character racist, but like maybe you bring in a one-off talent from another company and you never bring them back because that, and then you stay in storyline, oh yeah, we're not bringing them back because they were racist or whatever, but like. I always thought, like, because there's absolutely wrestlers out there that are racist, you know what I mean? Like, that you know have held people's careers back, and I, I guarantee there'd be a guy that could definitely lean into that shit, you know what I mean? Like, and he would have some real raw emotion. Can you imagine the promos that people could cut, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's fucked. Jesus. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, but I'm not saying they need to do that, by the way. There's no, no need. No, no, they it's never not, do that. Just like yeah. you don't need to do, but you, if you wanted to work those into a storyline, do it organically. Don't just have it be a thing. Oh, MJF mentioned that he had a racist beatdown or an anti-Semitic beatdown in this case. You know what I mean? Uh, that happened on him at one point, whether it's a real story or not. Even if it's not a real story, that story probably has happened in real life many a times. And so 
I just don't like the idea of pulling it into this story. But there is, an, there is, I think, a time when you could do a story like that. And I, I think AEW will be the company to do that one day, hopefully. And I, I would love to be there for it, but not now. They then make their way out to the ring. Um, MJF got the kangaroo kick going, that chant going. Cole cuts his heartfelt promo about his comeback. You know, it looked like nine months ago he wouldn't wrestle again, and now he's headlining the biggest pro wrestling show of all time. He has his best friend and for the world title. Cole needs to win this match and will do anything to do it. MJF told the story about putting 90,000 miles on his truck in 2018, trying to make a name for himself. First heard about all in, DM'd Cody Rhodes and got his shot. He'd lost the opener that night, but he caught the eye of Tony Khan, who signed MJF to AEW. In five years, MJF has gone from a nobody to one of the best that's ever wrestled. And now MJF is back at All In, the biggest wrestling show of all time. It means a lot for MJF to main event it against his best friend and dream opponent, but it doesn't mean everything. The Triple B means everything, and winning the main event at All In will make MJF legendary. MJF and Adam Cole go in their catchphrases, Aussie Open, then jump in the ring. It's all about trying to hit the kangaroo kick on Kyle Fletcher. The crowd chants it. Um, and yeah, MGF. Bro, you know what I felt like? The when the way they had them suddenly come in, and this must just be Aussie Open having good timing or whoever set them out having a good sense of timing, but it felt very sudden, and it felt like they felt the vibe of them building up the energy, and they just had to get out there and stop it right then, or they were going to like be unstoppable or something. You know what I mean, it almost felt like they had to stymie that momentum they were building up in this promo, you know? Yeah. And um, they didn't get that. But you're saying all I feel, I feel like from the heels, from the heels perspective, like they feel like they were they were just they were too hot. They need to slow they need to slow them down a little bit, you know. While well, MJF had his back turned, it looked like Cole might have been setting up a super kick. MJF turned around before Cole could nail him. They hug it out. These promos are fucking really fun. The crowd eats it up, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. I, this is what a what a main event. When the main event's your hottest storyline going in, I mean that's all you can ask for, seriously. And it's it's on fire right now. Um, Renee Paquette interviews a bloody Chris Jericho. They talk about it would have taken place if not for the pandemic, but it's going to take a lot more than a pandemic to keep Jericho from Will Osprey at all in. Okay, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Hardy, Texas Chainsaw Death Match. All right, we had fake blood. We had people getting the shit kicked out of them. We had Leatherface. This was an absolute train wreck. Honestly, we had Sanjay Dutt appearing from a hallway of light. He, yep, that was this, honestly kind of cool. I won't even lie. This that was, was a train cool. wreck that I personally didn't hate. I enjoy this kind of shit. Now, is it dumb? Of course. Would I? Is this the kind of thing you get caught watching and, and you're like, "Fuck, man, this is really what's on right now." Yes, unfortunately, this is the way. However, I think everyone involved knew what the fuck this was. And they're like, what can we do to at least try and make this fun? And yeah, Jeff Jarrett wins the match. They made a lot of money. We covered this and they donated it all. And um, yeah, uh, Satnam Singh looked fucking fun. I love Brother Zay, Ethan Page. These are all guys that I like, so inherently I feel like I'm a little biased. But you know what? Um, this has become like exactly kind of what I was hoping the Hardys would do a little bit, which is they can't really wrestle wrestle anymore. So yeah. do some cinematic matches, man. They're fun. Thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. This I mean, was this was a live cinematic match. Of course it wasn't gonna be perfect, you know what I mean? 
I don't think it's the trad, the downfall of wrestling. I think it just, it is what it is. And look, if, if you want to meme this and ha- poke fun at it, I would never blame you. I would never blame anyone for that. If this is the worst thing Jeff Jarrett does, so be it. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, but um, I, I'm going to totally understand that for some people, this might've been the fucking turnoff where they turn the TV off and maybe I never turned it back on. And that's just, that's okay. It is what it is. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus The Bunny. Uh, this was pretty much over in a second. It felt like they went to the... If you take in the commercial break, quite literally, like, nothing happened. Um, Bunny hit a cool clothesline. There was some failed interference from uh, Penelope Ford. Baker hits her super kick, stomp, pinfall, one, two, three. The acclaimed, we're about to have a match against enhancement talent. It doesn't happen. House of Black beat them up. They must pay for their sins. This is covered again on Collision. Much, much better than it. You know, this is just a live segment here. But Collision, they make it make sense. We'll talk about that in like 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Young Bucks defeat the Gun Club. Oh, go ahead. I was saying Pineapple. Oh, okay. Uh, Young Bucks defeat the Gun Club here. And, um, you know. The, this is the brother versus brother tag team that we've been getting led up to more and more. It's nice seeing the guns. They've elevated themselves um, from the last time we saw them on Dynamite, it feels like. To a point where, you know, bang, bang, gang, right? After the match, um, well, let me see. Austin hit this O'Connor roll on Nick with an assist from his brother, but Matt super kicked Colton. Nick then reversed the roll. Matt helped his brother hold on Austin for the three count. Not my favorite match ever, but it came together pretty well, um, you know, towards the end. Juice Robinson, Jay White, jumped the Bucks. Kenny Omega were and Adam Page with hospitals, four on two. And they just beat the living shit out of them. And, uh, yeah, pretty much the Bullet Club all faced the entrance waiting for FDR. Naturally, FDR came through the crowd. Um, FDR hit the shatter machine on Robinson. Bucks and FDR dispatched Bullet Club. FTR looked like they were setting up behind Matt Jacks for a Saturn machine. Bucks turned around. FTR picked up their belts, stood eye to eye. I mean, as you guys know. All right. It doesn't I'm get any bigger. I'm to ask a real question. Why is it a pineapple, bro? What is similar between that and an apple? I don't know. All right. Go ahead. Continue. Makes it pee? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is the big match. This is the match. It's the, the final of the trilogy of the two tag teams that everyone wanted to see wrestle each other from BTE starting in 2018. And, you know, it's, uh, hopefully outside sources don't prevent it from happening. Cause it would be a goddamn fucking nightmare. Cause this, it, it added more to the intrigue here that FTR didn't fucking lay him out. I mean, seriously, so many, so many levels to this story. We jump into rampage where we, we've already talked about the opener. Kind of a trend today, right? Britt Baker was talking to Brene Piquette about her accolades. She's at the first all-in. First woman signed to AW and will win the women's championship again at all-in. Clips of QT Marshall winning his matches in Triple A were shown. He's a champion now. Johnny TV was shown driving with his dog. And he's like, I, I, I don't know what they're doing with Johnny, but it's fucking awesome. What fucking car was that, by the way? That was, I was cool. sick. Aussie Open versus Ethan Page and Brothers A. Chat, wow. chat. I keep calling him chat. People that listen to the pod, hit us on Twitter if you know what kind of car Johnny TV was driving. That thing was yeah, right? badass. Can I get that thing in GTA? 
Um, holy shit! For this, this was an eight minute match. This match kicked fucking ass. My God, Aussie opener on another level right now. Uh, post match, they kind of talked about um, you know, MJF is a horrible person. Cole's a piece of trash for being around that. They'll never hit a kangaroo kick in their lives ever. So, yeah, I mean, hey, I like uh, Brothers A. I like Ethan Page. I like that they work together. They're goofballs, and no one does these enhancement matches better than Aussie Open ever. It, like in the tag divisions that I've ever seen, they they just they make everyone look so good right now. It's really fun. Do you think this like was just like a pivot? They were like, "Fuck it, let's just have two matches with these guys on this card, and we'll throw them." I on bet with this was one Aussie of the calls. Open. Yeah, when they were like, "Okay, we're gonna keep you guys babyface," and now we've worked our way to get Aussie Open on the card as well. Because maybe it would have been Aussie Open verse, you know, God, you fucking name it, right? And yeah, literally like, just Lucha Bros, somebody, like something like that, like somebody in Ring of Honor tag division or something. But yeah, I mean, like, or just a random AEW team. But yeah, <sighs> now they've changed it, and now we have this. They're facing, you know, the best in the world, baby. And uh, yeah, we get a promo from the Righteous. They've defeated a Ring of Honor, and they've been elevated to AEW. I'm all in on this, actually. <laughs> but um. I, I think they deserve this call up. If it if we're gonna dub these call ups and they're our first, well well earned because they we talked extensively that their story with Gray wasn't it Grayson? No. Stu Grayson, there it is. Is one of the best stories going on Ring of Honor and it was awesome. So yeah. They've got the Slow call-up. Motion Tongue. That was fucked. From the Hardy Compound, Matt and Jeff challenge Aussie Open for the ROH World Tag Team Titles. Wonderful! If, if they win, they'll defend the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles against Adam Page and MGF at zero hour. Uh, Sammy Guevara defeated John Cruz, a.k.a. Serpentico. Um, Sammy Guevara, you know, he's a baby Wait, face. that was unmasked Serpentico? Yeah, John Cruz is Serpentico. Huh. Um, I, I didn't realize Guevara, he wrestled without the mask. Came out to booze as he's a babyface. He, you know, he beat the hell out of John in a GTH one two three. Nyla Rose would like to remind everyone that she is the native beast. I just want to say I called that. That by the way, that Serpentico was a white dude in a lucha mask. I just want to say I called that. I mean, he Cruz might be like Latin name. I don't care. Doesn't count. <laughs> and uh, we get the rundown of all rundowns. Um, Karoshita in Sky Blue facing Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. And, um, our, I, this was a match. It happened. I, 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 I got nothing to talk about here. Um, honestly, I just kind of thought everyone looked fine. I didn't think it was like bad. I just, it was an outcast match that, you know, Soho. Went for the no future. She'd account over the cradle and got the pinfall. And then the shenanigans became a foot. And yeah, I'm just ready. For, see, I'm just ready for the four-way match. Because they didn't really lay into the Tony Storm and Soraya stuff here. Which to me is the most intriguing angle. And um, it's cool to see Sky Blue get the win, right? Even though she didn't get the pin, she got the win. But um, yeah, we got Sky Blue versus... Uh, uh, Ruby Soho next week. Hold on, I take our... it back. Man's from Puerto Rico. I'm racist. Hey, it's okay. 
Um, or is that the opposite of racism? So I thought he was something else. I don't know. I don't know. Well, but, let uh, me know on Twitter. For, <laughs> it's time for AW Collision, where we, we get kicked off with a golden vampire? Bro, that's my favorite luchador. <laughs> this was AW Collision episode. Now, Charlie, does this mean we're going to get a golden luchador, sorry, golden vampire and frog trio at some point? We fucking better. We fucking better. So, yeah, I, I guess uh, take it away with uh, Collision here. Uh, yes. Uh, fucking... Scroll, 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 scroll. Collision episode... Wait, where the fuck? Oh my god, my notes are so disorganized this week. Help, 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 A-E-W. help. A-E-W. Alright, here we go. No, wait, nope. Did I just not mark in my notes where Collision begins? That might have been what happened. Yep. Okay, we get CM Punk. Oh, yeah, here we are. Nope. nope, 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 I'm here. I just didn't mark it in my notes for some reason. We open up with the cold open featuring Christian Cage, Darby Allin, Bullet Club Gold, Dalton Castle, and Samoa Joe. <clears throat> Kevin Kelly opening up the show. Good to have him back. Yes. Like I said, we opened up the show with Samoa Joe taking on Golden Vampire, a.k.a. Punker Bud. Um, there was a sign in the crowd that said Charmin made punk. Um, he stole Joel's towel. Joel's? No, he didn't steal Joel's towel. If he stole Joel's towel, Ellie might have something to say about that. But um, <laughs> no, he stole Joe's towel, and uh, Joe looked really pissed that uh, he got laid out by CM Punk here. But he said, "I accept, bitch." Walked away. We then got this all-in video package that was pretty cool, talking about like the numbers that we're getting to and how big of a show it's going to be, so on and so forth. Blah blah blah. You know. You know, all that all that fancy bullshit. Gotta advertise the show, you know what I mean? Let people know. Yeah. Jay White took on Dalton Castle. Again, another sign in the crowd said Peacock Planet. I'm definitely a resident. Um Juice yelled he was gonna kill the boys at one point throughout this match. Dude, they, these guys were ruthless at him. I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> no. Um the boys were uh having some fun. This match was kinda chaotic. Uh you know, I honestly would have thought this would have had more energy for the two people in it, but maybe it was just like because it was randomly thrown together. Uh Dalton has some great suplexes. Um I honestly think Dalton versus Juice would be hilarious. Like that match would be incredible, just from a comedy perspective, you know? Yeah. Um But yeah, I would have thought this match had more energy, Charlie. Do you particularly like this match? I I liked Jay White and I liked Dalton Castle. I didn't particularly like this match at all. Yeah, I, it felt like they didn't get uh, rolling the way they wanted to. That being said, I think the first like forty minutes were very chaotic. Like, it was a very very fast moving show. Yeah, I mean they had to get a lot of stuff done, and I think it doesn't help. But I mean, I'm, and I think this is something that they're going to have to start working out a little bit more, and maybe because they know how it's going to look now, maybe it'll be easier to do for future shows. But right now. It's chaotic trying to book these pay-per-views with people not being able to be on collision. I'm sorry. It's just difficult. You know what I mean? Like, um, Hopefully there's meetings in all these pay-per-views and they can fucking, we can come together and figure this I'm, out. I'm hoping that's the plan is they're going to have some kind of elite and, and punker summit at the pay-per-view and be like, yo, shut the fuck up, sit down, work this out so people can be on shows because we need to sell tickets, you know? Anyway. Um, we cut the commercial and we came back. Bullet Club Gold was still in the ring with Tony Schiavone. They then set up a trios match to get prepared for the uh, Young Bucks coming up. But they, like they, the six man, they, they wanted a trios match. They, they wanted a trios match, basically. So 
I think that's just going to be them. Is it going to be just them against the? It's the. Sorry, clarify. It's Juice and the Guns versus the Bucks, right? Correct. And Kenny. And Kenny, right before the pay per view. Sorry, I was just. I I knew it was something like. I couldn't quite remember what it was. I knew it wasn't Jay because obviously they don't want to give that match away because that's that's a pay per view match. Jay Jay and the Guns versus. You know what I mean? Or Jay and Juice and yeah. like Colton. I don't know who would be combo at that point. Whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, the point is. They're, that's a different match, you know what I mean? So anyway, um, yeah, they just they were threatening Tony Schiavone. Still, uh, I guess if you're an AEW interviewer, you're just not safe anymore. Lexi Nair, fucking, <laughs> and Tony Schiavone getting bullied constantly. The only one that seems safe is Renee. I mean, I wouldn't fuck with her with John Moxley as her as her fucking husband. You know what I mean? God damn, you know what I mean? Um, she she's fucking untouchable, probably. Um. The Iron Savages, uh, Jack Jameson came out to, you know, because they said they wanted a trios match. So they, they had one right now. They're like, we're doing a trios match. We need to practice, you know? Um, so <laughs> the Iron Savages, Jack Jameson called them tip touching finger bangers. Charlie, that is what he said. I am actually so glad that their little gimmick from BTE it, it played into this too with the shaker cups and. And uh, what's his face? Bronson going, I'm going to. Yeah, they're fun. Still don't care about them. They're fun. Oh, no, of course not. Um, Bullet Club Gloat have been super entertaining, though. So this was fun. And uh, it was a really quick squash for them. So, you know, no big, nothing really spectacular to report there. But Bullet Club Gold still entertaining as fuck on collision. No, no surprises there. Uh, The House of Black had uh, attacked the Acclaim last week, so we got a little recap segment of that, and then we got a really, really cool video package from Malachi Black, disrespecting oh the legacy of Billy Gunn. Basically, you know, I don't know if we're setting up for an all-out match. It seems like we are, like a trios match. Um, Yeah. Out of every Malachi Black, Aleister Black segment, you, I, I'm talking NXT, main roster, and AEW, this was this to me captured the essence of what he tries to deliver the best that I've ever seen. This felt straight out of a fucking movie. I want to see this, dude. The two pro- segments we got back to back here felt like we were watching. It did. Like, I, you know what I would give to see this promo in like a fucking like a Dolby theater, dude? Oh, it would like, be incredible. Uh, it's it, this was perfect, perfect. I've never seen his aura, his essence, what he's always trying to display. I've never seen it quite like this. And I was fucking blown away by this segment. Yeah, it was really a really good segment. And uh, it honestly could lead to a singles match between Billy Gunn and Malachi Black at some point. Like Malachi Black has planted the seeds for so many random singles matches that we could have down the road that we still haven't had yet, you know? And then they can always come back to it like they did with Cody eventually, you know? So, like, yeah, yeah I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Speaking of cool okay. video packages, though, we then cut to, um, oh my god, what the fuck is his name? I cannot think of the Jose the assistant. Jose the assistant. Jose el assistante. All right. Um, uh, I remember it in Spanish, but not in fucking English. Go fucking figure. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So he's backstage, or I guess it wasn't necessarily backstage. He's in an office somewhere. We'll just say he's in an office, and he's you know gets a phone call from Roosh. 
and Roosh is like pissed. He's like, bro, what the fuck? I saw them lose like absolute bitches. What the fuck? In like two minutes, what is going on here? I need everybody in fucking Mexico right now. He's like, in Mexico? You want, to, you want us to take them to, to Mexico? All right, I'll get everybody together. And it cuts to this fucking badass fucking party fucking montage of the fucking boys showing up in Mexico, hanging out at a fucking dive bar, hanging out with the ladies, having a good fucking time. If fucking Realistico's in his mask. <laughs> they're, they're becoming brothers. Yes. They're the two that aren't actually brothers, but they're becoming brothers together. I love it. And then uh, they all get together and like, or sorry, they're about to leave the bar together and they get taken by men in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it was like the cartel or something. I don't know who the fuck it's supposed to be, but like somebody that Roosh has connections good. with took them because it's obviously Roosh that took yeah, them. Obviously, it, you know it I mean? wasn't good, whatever it was. They got snagged in Mexico, so Roosh is obviously... I would love if next week we saw, like, a down-and-dirty fucking backwater-looking wrestling ring in a fucking d- abandoned building, and they were training there, and Roosh was just, like, hitting him with fucking steel chairs and shit, trying to make him tough, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, something like that, you know what I mean? Give me some, like, badass segment next week like that, you um, know what I mean? Like, Roosh's return to TV is very, very welcome. Yes. Very welcome. Yes. We could use him. I want to see Andrade with him back. I hope too. I hope we get him on all out somehow. That'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's what this is setting up for. Ricky Starks then addressed his comments from last week. He said last week he was going to bring a war to AEW. He actually said he was going to bring it to CM Punk, but I'll I'll let it slide. You know. Um. And uh, now he says he's going to bring chaos. You then cut to this cool ass Ricky Starks video segment that he's had some cool video segments. Oh, this probably, was but so good too! Holy shit, we had three fucking video segments in a row. That whoever is doing the production for the video segments, and whether it's like they're letting people do their own thing or whatever, but whoever is putting together these segments for fucking Collision, they need to get them on fucking Dynamite too, because I, you don't see this kind of stuff on Dynamite. It's kind of crazy that you see it on Collision all the time now, but you never really see it on Dynamite. I don't know if that's intentional. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But this is fucking cool. And he's basically telling everybody he's going to be managing for the next few weeks. Brings out Big Bill. Excuse me. Brings out Big Bill. Large William. Who apparently fucking they just have no idea what to do with right now. Um, uh, they're they're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. They I'm want Big Bill to be uh, somebody. Uh, and It I, might stick with Ricky the most. This, I, you know what? Might... He could use it here. This, I, yeah, I'm feeling optimistic about this because Bill, he had a fantastic. Imagine uh, Enzo, but he can wrestle. That's what you could get between these two. You know, Bill had a fantastic hey EW with RJ City, and it just this guy's he's so likable, and I think he's someone people want to root for. I mean, they've his turnaround when he was released from WWE, it was very public. Like this guy had some, he had some problems, and his life was going really rough, and he's turned it around. And motherfucker was so out of sorts after he lost his career with the WWE that he like, I think I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but he was like, in a, a very dark a mental event. place. Like, yeah. And so, so it's, it's nice to see that this is someone in basically he's the guy video, you want to see succeed because he's, yeah. he's, he's, and I love the idea of sticking him with Ricky and I Ricky? don't know where else, who else we're going to stick with Ricky. And I don't want someone to overshadow him, and I don't think Big Bill does that. 
Well, maybe it was and, the actual physical shadow, but. But, you know, it's like, God, they got something special here with Ricky. So sticking really? your name next to him, it, it doesn't hurt in the slightest for you. 100%. Uh, Willow, Na- Willow, Willow, Na- why can't I fucking say people's names today? Willow Nightingale took on Diamante. Mercedes came down to ringside at one point. Honestly, though, like, I, and I hate to say this, Charlie, but it, it feels true. This feels like a bit of a filler feud right now. Um, it's probably not going to go anywhere, unfortunately. I mean, the two of them, Diamante and Mercedes, will probably still be heel tag team out of this, but I just don't see them doing anything with this unless, like, there's, like, a random women's match on All Out that we're not expecting, which could happen. The, the, they're, they're two of our four women that were allowed on collision now, so, you know? This we'll, is true. We'll take with it what we can. Um, I do love Diamante getting featured much more with Collision. She was hardly featured on on Dynamite and Rampage. For that's true. So that's fair. Long. I do like when to see Diamante get used a little bit more because you know she's not getting younger and she's not like the youngest she's female good. talent. Hmm? And she's very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. So back I'd, I'd like to see her get a little now. bit of shine. Uh, Kevin Kelly made the comment: FTR, who have been in the news as of late. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, then out of nowhere, Chris Statlander just attacked Mercedes, who had been involved in the match, but like it wasn't like I don't know if she needed to attack her yet. But eh, yeah, um, I mean the joke was like, oh, there they are. Now we got all four out. Yep. <laughs> Picked up the one with the doctor God, bomb. Uh, Willow did that, I should say. Um, yeah, filler feud, like I said. Um, FTR and Young Bucks promo segment, video package. Uh. This one actually, I mean, they've been pretty epic. This one was, like, actually fine. I don't know. It wasn't, like, spectacular or anything. I mean, this was the, we heard from them this week, I guess. So, yeah. Not what I was expecting. I was expecting to actually hear from them. But, I mean. I And I think they were, too. But I think plans changed. If Usually, if we have a, we're going to hear from FTR, we're going to hear them talk. Because usually, they're, they're going to be in the it. ring. Yeah. And I think that was the plan. And uh, And, you know. And they said, really? uh, eh, Cash, why don't you stay home Plans this week? changed. <laughs> Tony Storm was backstage with Lexi and forgot who she was and said she's going to win the title back, threw a shoe at her again. That was great. Yeah, that was fun. Keep I throwing. love this new Tony Storm gimmick. It's working for me. Shoe throwing? It's good. I mean, I, I, the way she's dressing, she's like dressing in like kimonos and shit. It's like, oh, yeah, and the way she's talking, like it's it's awesome. She looks like a badass. I mean, she is a badass, but she looks like a badass, too, now. Not that she didn't before, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, Powerhouse Hobbs took on Kevin Koo. So I want to take a little bit of time to talk about Kevin Koo. Not, like, too much, but this is a guy that I actually heard about, like, I remember saying something to you about this guy, like, a year and a half ago. Something, Charlie, like, he's one of those guys that's just, like, out there infinitely on the indie scene, who is, like, considered a really, really great technical wrestler. Just doesn't really get the shine for whatever reason. I know you've watched a Kevin Koo match before and weren't, like, blown away by it. But, um, I actually haven't seen anything specifically that he's done, but like when I hear other people that I do respect the opinion of talk about people highly, I tend to take notes of that in the back of my mind and be like, okay, Kevin Koo is one of those people. So I really hope this is like a good sign that maybe we're going to see him on ring of honor or something. Um, probably not, but you know, I can be, I can be optimistic here, you know, whenever Um, the doors opened, you know, yeah, no, he's been here now. So they they it's have they down. acknowledge that he exists. You know what I mean? So yep. Um, but uh, powerhouse Hobbs locked in the game over. 
after he picked up the win with some spine in the pine. Um, and Miro then popped up on the Contron and cut like a fucking awesome promo. The promos this week on Collision were just incredible. Like, um, basically, like, I don't even remember what the contents were here. Let me pull up the uh, results and, and talk about, like, see what he actually talked about. Because I remember just being, like, mesmerized by what he was saying. Um, yeah, yeah, with Miro. Oh, fucking Christ. He said he used to follow a book, but now he walks alone. He said that redemption would come for Hobbs at all out. And he's going to piss on his cold, dead body. That was nuts. Yeah. yeah. Short and sweet. I'm into this feud, Miro man. Problem. I'm in. Yes. 100%. Um, really fun stuff so far from, from Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm not sure who's going to win, but we'll see. Um, JR joined commentary during the break. You can't job entrance, JR. Come on now. <laughs> Christian Cage took on Darby Allen. Uh, they gave the match time, and yeah. I think they paced it out pretty well. Uh, there was like 30 minutes left on the show when this match started, Charlie. I was shocked. I was like, really? Collision's right. establishing that their main events get like 9.30 and on, so. Oh, yeah. So... There was some Luchasaurus interference. Um, like I said, I think they did pace it out pretty well, though. We had a nice little turtleneck reversal at one point. He pulled the turtleneck over his head. I wondered when someone was going to do that, you know. Um, it might have already even happened at some point, but I just I don't remember it. So um, Darby was caught out of midair doing a coffin drop, trying to take out the evil dinosaur. It, that did not work out for him. Um, and they, so basically... There was a couple of spots. So, like, there was one, for example, where Christian Cage, I believe, rolled out of the ring. And then uh, Darby, like, went out after him in some way or another. And Luchasaurus basically distracted him, which gave... When when Darby slid back through the ring and popped out on the other side, he immediately got clotheslined by Christian Cage. And I just thought, like, they did a lot of really well, like, spaced out stuff like that. It felt like Christian Cage had, like, a plan, you know what I mean? Like, of things he was trying to do and spots he was trying to execute. And, like, he was using the rules to his advantage. It was basically, like, the it was, like, the most extreme version of the veteran knowing all the tricks of the trade and just having an advantage. And Darby just throwing everything he can at the wall, you know, like, his coffin drops on the apron and stuff, which... You know, uh, Luchasaurus pulled Christian out of the way of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, he then hit a drop kick of death, I'm calling it, which was through a steel chair on Christian Cage off the top rope, I believe. Um, and just was crazy for your falls throughout this match. Darby was able to squeak out a win with the jackknife cover that he kind of like wrenched back on. Uh, then Tony was interviewed by Darby Allen after the match. Sorry, Darby was interviewed by Tony after the match, I should say, um, which got interrupted immediately by an attack by Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. So, um, you know, Darby just getting the shit kicked out of him. Throughout the match, we were cutting backstage to Swerve and AR Fox, looking pretty happy about what they were seeing here. Um, did you have any thoughts on this match in particular, Charlie? Uh, this was the last match we had this week. I, I thought, thought that for yeah. a main event on Collision, it was pretty good. Yeah, another another solid main event. Uh, Christian Cage is, you know, he's working really good these days. And um, I thought uh, at the end of this match, like it, we were going full fucking speed, and it was it was really clicking for me. I, I was I was really really in by the end of the match. So you know, it it was paced very well in that sense that 
they didn't they didn't go out too early they didn't burn out too early but i, I want to say christian cage was on the top rope and hit like a sunset flip out of it at some point and landed on his feet perfectly and it didn't yeah. look bad like he's he's still in great shape like, there was an edge reference from jr right away because he brought them into uh i believe it was whatever his old company was and uh yeah so well to see uh darby allen is wrestling all over the place right now so his collision main event here he's wrestling on dynamite he's wrestling at all in he's booked for all out he's one of the only guys that we know that's booked for like a shitload here so yeah really cool stuff yeah no darby balls. allen getting an injury would be like the worst thing that could happen right now yeah, I, I think he might be immune to injuries, to be honest. Like, the guy's a fucking... No, yeah, I think he just wrestles when he's injured. I think that's what the, that's <laughs> what happens there, you know? He just won't even tell anyone. Davinci? But yeah, guys, I think that'll be it for us. And we will be back for sure on Sunday for the all-in review. I am so excited for that this week. Um, Bro, you know what I'm excited for? Like an hour and 20 minutes till Ahsoka. I cannot wait. I genuinely am so excited. Um, so I'm sure we'll we'll have to, just like we did for Andor, at the end of these episodes, we'll have to talk some Ahsoka like we did with Andor. So there's people that are going to be interested. But if you guys are new to the pod, thank you for checking it out. We've had an unbelievable amount of growth this past month. Probably our most ever. Uh, we've hit a milestone goal uh, two weeks ago. And we're already nearing the halfway point of the next big milestone. Probably our first big milestone. So, um, yeah, that might be realistic in September at this Are you rate. saying, Charlie, that we're on the way to 10K? On the way to 10K. And that might be realistic in September now. So, maybe then we'll finally do our... We'll, we'll put out the Four, four Pillars 10K special. <laughs> now, that is a podcast episode I can get behind. Thank you guys for checking this out, everyone. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you Sunday when uh, we're talking about the new AW World Champion, Adam Cole, baby. You know what? Zach Clayton, take us home.